So today I'm joined with Into the Square. I'm going to hand it over to them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Kishore. I'm one of the hosts from Into the Square. Hi, uh, my name is Sanjo. I'm also one of the hosts as well. Um, I'm Bidan. I'm one of the, the what's it called, the best host, obviously, from Into the Square. <laughs> um, you mean best for last, and it's Kishore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me why you started Into the Square and what Into the Square actually is. Um, so we started Into the Square. So it's been um, wait, how long has it been, guys? Has it been like April? Six April. Months? It's April. been no, we started April, April twenty twenty one. So that's ten almost months. Almost a week. Almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been 10 months now and we started it because uh, we thought a podcast would be a good platform for us to have our voices heard. And there's not that many Nepi- like podcasts made by people in the Nepalese community. I'll say there's uh, two others. Um, so it was quite uh, a niche in, in I guess, like the in, in Instagram and like social media as well. Um, and we just talk about different topics and different things that concern us. And uh, so our, our podcast in itself focuses on uh, current affairs and social issues um, so for example we spoke about euthanasia last time and we've also spoken about religion so we just talked about different things uh, that might take you uh, people of our age by interest and also things that happen uh, as, as things happen we also speak about them as well I think the reason why we wanted to make it was because we're all like from like a similar background but we came we came to realize that we all have different views on like 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 important topics that we need to talk about that felt like from like from the perspective of, of four males obviously and four asian people it felt like it would be like a fresh new like voice on like these uh current issues and like social especially the social issues because we talked about um lgtb lgt yeah. LGBTQ. lgbtq yeah lgbtq <laughs> sorry yeah, we talked about that, and I think there's not a lot of people in the Asian community, South Asian especially, talking about these these sort of things. And I thought, it, if we have if we had a platform that can talk like we we can like let people know that yeah it's okay, and like we can raise it raise awareness and raise issues on that topic, then I feel like that's important. So yeah, that, that's another reason why we decided to make it, I guess. Yeah, and talking about the name itself as well, I think we chose into the square because because obviously it's four people and you know a square has four sides and it felt like we were inviting people into our own circle but it's not a circle but it's a square um and i thought it was quite you know it's quite good and it's just yeah like like the guys mentioned like it's literally just us giving and voicing our opinions in important topics that should be talked about in the the tables and especially in our communities as well because we do acknowledge that our community is slightly behind in terms of you know the thoughts the views that they might have compared to the western communities and different cultures in the uk so i think um, it was very important that especially for men um being you know coming from a community where we're actually seen as you know, it's, it seemed like we, we get more privileged than women do. Um, so to voice our opinions in that was quite important for us as well. Um, as growing up, we've seen that for our own lives as well. So I think we started off this well, venture, let's say, um, with like, you know, great hope. And I think we just want to like um, share our opinions as much as we can to everyone. That's basically the, like, you know, the gist of it, really. Why do you think these topics are important to talk about now? Why were they not spoken about years ago? by our elders um so there is a big discrepancy between you know the culture back back at home so i mean it also relates to you i guess simran so back in nepal it's quite like a conservative society and there's certain uh, social taboos and social norms and it's just not part of the social norm to be talking about in the lgbtq or talking about like women empowerment or things that are oh, should men cry these are just not things that uh, you would necessarily bring up it's just not socially I guess accepted in that back back in Nepal and especially in our parents generation so I think I spoke to my mom and my dad about this uh, as well like we from my mom's how my mom grew up how my mom, mom and dad grew up and how I've grown up there's been like three stages of change so not only like are we in the next like am I the next generation so so there's an age gap between us there's also that cultural gap between us as well. Like, so, you know, they grew up in Nepal and I grew up, we, I grew up in UK and that's the case for the for the rest of us as well, the four, other, other three members in, into the square as well. But there's also like a socioeconomic gap as well. So the way they grew up and way we grew up. So I would say like we've had a bit more of a privileged upbringing than them as well. And all these things does mean that um, the things that we can talk about, the things that we have that privilege, I guess, to also 
be able to freely talk about these things and not be judged judged on them. If they were talking about LGBTQ back in their community, it could it would be like frowned upon. They might be like a bit more um, put put aside, or like people not, people might not want to be associated with them. So there is they even if they did want to talk about it, they probably didn't have that platform or didn't have that privilege to be able to. I think they were too busy caught up in like life as well because um mm. like they, they didn't like have the thing do you know what i mean like they had to go to work they were like working 12 hour 13 hour shifts and working like morning nights it's like when would they have the time to have these discussions you know like i think that plays a part as well yeah i, I think i agree with what these guys are saying as well because we're in the, yeah we're in a situation here now it's like because we're so young i think we have like like views like idealistic views of how the world should be um and we still feel like you know we can do something in the world that we can change the people's views even like it doesn't have to be in a grand scale like you know just a few people that we can change their views of um and because we still have that kind of mentality i think it's easier for us to like share our opinions and be hopeful in the future whereas obviously our parents and stuff now like they think like you know the world is as it is now it's not going to change as much and even if it's going to change they may have like a negative skew on things um so i think us shining a light on it is like a positive thing um yeah and what you guys mentioned about obviously like um the the generation gap between coming from nepal to here uh, likewise in other like in india coming to here it's like you because we see like a different world at almost we see the different privileges that people have the different rights that people have um and you know the the, the um the right to fundamental you know fundamental things that people should be allowed to or entitled to have i think we want to voice that more and more here um, and hopefully get that across to you know people back in Nepal as well uh, because I think that's the most important thing because obviously it's it's already established here but we want to make sure that you know other people like we have we have our cousins and friends back in Nepal if they, I know they're hearing this as well because obviously they listen to the podcast um, when when they can and they can you know learn even one or two things that's quite you know that's quite of an achievement for us I think the thing is they don't have the social media platforms to like obviously voice their opinions and they probably have these like conversations and, and like like little um in, when they're at, at parties or something but then obviously it's not like out into the real world you know what i mean like because obviously if you like if you go to like i don't know about like uh, your let's say your family but then obviously say my family once like drinks are flowing like all politics and all these <laughs> other topics that they get heated in it so it's like i think they do but then it's just they don't like talk about the topics that we do because um they don't see these topics as like an issue for themselves because of like their mentality and how they like grew up and stuff but then even even then, like they don't have the social media platforms, or like they're not as like aware in it. So I think it's more so the naivety or so of these um, like things. So they don't really talk about them much. I also wanted to add on. You know how Britain, or yeah, you mentioned that like, you know they had to work twelve hour shift. They had different priorities. So for example, yeah, before you even like let's say back in like I don't know like Nepal or like even parts of India that like people have to worry about what they're going to eat tomorrow you know that's like the main concern so when they talk about issues the political issue might be how is the government going to feed the rest of the country so that has to be kind of addressed first before you start addressing things like gay rights like if you're hungry tomorrow like you're not going to even be thinking about that you're on your belly full before you start talking about those sort of things so I guess uh, that's that's another thing as always like is that why you just said before you came on <laughs> um, I did as well, don't worry <laughs> So my next question to you lot is we are going to be discussing the disconnect between this generation and their faith is what is the difference between culture and faith? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tricky question to ask because I, I'm sure it's like all, especially like Nepalese culture it's, and like Indian culture it's so like close the religion and culture are so intertwined that you there's no like clear balance there's no clear line between where the culture ends and the religion starts i guess because like all the major like holidays we have all the major celebrations we have in nepal back at home that we celebrate they're all like based on religion well most of them are some of them i think some of them are like days but we don't really like celebrate as often as we do in uh in like outside of uh, Nepal it's bigger in Nepal but I'm saying yeah like like even like the big festivals even if you're not like a Hindu in Nepal you'll still celebrate like Dase and Tiad like even you're, if you're a Christian you're a Buddhist like uh, you'll still celebrate it because it's a part of a part of um our our culture it's a part of our history 
And yeah, I don't think it's very hard to, to draw that line between culture and religion. That's why I feel like we are like, especially the Nepalese people that came like immigrated from uh, the generation that immigrated from Nepal to the UK. I think they're more closely related. They, they hold like Nepal more close to their hearts than like, uh, I think people that were born here. Um, yeah. So I would like to also point out that Nepal is predominantly, the, I think it's the most Hindu majority country uh, with 80% Hindu. So most people from Nepal are Hindus and 20% are Buddhists. But even Buddhism within the Hindus is quite intertwined. So often Hindus would uh, consider Buddha just another part, you know, another part of Hinduism, just like a add-on um, kind of. Um, and in Nepal, uh, so the culture... I would say is an umbrella term within which faith also is part of. So, um, so for example, being like, yeah, so I'll say culture is like the umbrella and then within that will be faith. And there'll be other things as well. Like for example, family values might be part of culture um, and uh, even rituals that aren't necessarily like part of a religion or part of a faith could still be like part within that um, uh, within your culture for example in nepal whenever someone whenever baby is about to you know whenever, whenever they are able to eat solid food we have like a big sort of celebration and like people kind of gather and that's not necessarily part of the faith but it's part of our culture for us to do that um <clears throat> so i'll say culture there's different aspects to which makes up culture and faith is just one of those aspects I was actually going to say exactly basically similar what Bishop said as well about um, how, yeah, religion and faith, I think it is part of part of culture. And and just another examples of what culture could be would be like, you know, music, food, how your community like interacts mm-hmm. um, like your, your social, um, I don't know, social principles, let's say, you know, social, how we interact with each other um yeah that kind of thing would be culture as well i'd say um and yeah faith and religion would be part of that and go, coming from like like um, like bishop mentioned like how most of the people there are hindu coming from such a strong hindu country you should you know you could be wondering how are we not as religious um and how is that not influenced into our culture as much or if we you know how have we taken that out of our culture um and still maintained everything else if you know what I mean, which is quite interesting because um, then you get into the debate of like, yeah, how is religion, how is religion in, in the society now, like in, in our generation? Because it seems it, com- it comes across like, just to me as well. I'm not, I mean, and I'm like a, a guilty of this as well. I can't really, you know, say anything else, but um, how it has come like, you know, when, when you, as we move from like Nepal to the UK, like we brought along our food, we brought, brought along our music, we brought along many things that we would do in Nepal, like our culture, we have brought that across. But the, um, one of the main things I don't think we have done as well would be religion. Um, and that, and, and there has to be like a reason for that. And I think the next generation or like even our generation is like, if you are like, you know, passionate about these things, I think we have to try to find the reason that this hasn't happened um, and find a reason why we aren't celebrating the religious part of our culture. Um, so yeah, um, that's what I want to say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Nepal is kind of weird in this thing where it's like, in Nepal, like, you could, you you can't, you might not be Hindu, but you'd still be, be celebrating these Hindu festivals, like mm-hmm. something like Dose and Diya, which is like the Sarah for like, uh, let's say Indian people and like Diwali for like, obviously for Indian Hindus. And it's like, my friend, like, who's Nepalese and obviously he, like, on all of his, like, <laughs> let's say on all of his forms, he just writes, he's Buddhist and like, his like religion like is is buddhism but then his family would still celebrate these festivals and like obviously we had a podcast on um that we did about what dossier was about and obviously little plug you guys can go and check it out and obviously <laughs> find out what we're talking about here but no so what, what i was gonna say was so yes even though like dossier is like meant to be like a festival where like a goddess like a hindu goddess has killed like like killed someone or like um i think there's two different like um, explanations for it and then it's like they don't really believe in that but they still celebrate it it's because so like part of the Nepalese culture now. So what I'm trying to say is in Nepal, like it's quite different than like say normal like uh, it's like Christmas and like and like people in the UK are like you can obviously not be Christian, but you would still celebrate Christmas. So it's kind of similar, similar in that sense, but it's even more like so like they would even celebrate Diwali and like they would celebrate like um like the one that the, the ceremony of like when the sister like puts um 
the thing on the hand and like you know like all these things i'll actually i'll actually say something about that in a bit but yeah so i'm saying so they celebrate all these things but they're not hindu and all these festivals are like hindu so but because then FLE they do that and obviously like beef as well like in nepal like because it was a hindu majority country though they, they wouldn't kill cows and like the thing is like i i might say oh, i'm not the the, the the what's it called i'm not the the best hindu let's say out, out there where then i still don't eat beef because it's just like i think part of the culture as well so it, it's like it's a little like mix of both if you're an Nepalese, it's like you understand if you're an Nepalese, isn't it that's what i'm trying to say um so one thing about i'll say one thing that kind of <laughs> makes hinduism hard as you move from one country to another and the one thing that makes it hard to pass it on to the next generation is the fact that there isn't really a holy scripture that everyone follows especially in nepal yeah. i know there's like the vedas and all that but that's not necessarily like known you know how like uh, islam is the quran and then yeah, sikhism has a holy book as well which you kind of follow or like which you kind of read but there is not necessarily like a book in hinduism especially because hinduism is actually meant to be like um, a way of life isn't it yeah it's more it's meant to be more it's quite it varies from areas so what gujarat Gujarati Hindus believe might not necessarily be what ex- exactly what like Hindus in Nepal believe or like Hindus in Satamana do. It would, it would just be so complete. It would be like a completely different religion in different areas of like India. And then as you approach Nepal, it's just completely different. So with Hinduism, it's more like a collection of different like followings and different faiths, I'll say, rather than like one. Obviously, there are some similarities in all the different aspects, but Hinduism isn't really united in that sense in like by a certain scripture or like certain ideology like that, uh, unlike other religions. So that, that makes it quite difficult to pass it on to the next generation, I'll say. I think what, what, I think what makes it quite hard, because I think we, we, we talked about it in our podcast as well, where because our parents, I think our parents were trying to prioritize like things differently. They were trying to like focus on us rather than like handing like, giving religion to like making us learn like religion and trying trying to get us to appreciate it i think they were like more concerned with oh putting food on the table like making sure we have like good futures and good education and all that sort of stuff so i think that's where the religion aspect of our parents like their essentially like job their role in like that like providing that sort of like education towards us and, and like they were like just too busy to do like that to, to like educate on, on that and I think it goes back to like generational thing where like their parents before them they were probably they probably they probably like taught them how to do it but they were they weren't giving reasonings on like why this is this and why this is that and and when 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 our parents asked their parents they, they probably would just like oh no you have to do it it's, it's just a part of our thing it's just a part of our culture and then when we because obviously we're, we're we come from a different religion we're coming from a different background when we ask the same questions that our parents asked our grandparents then it's met with like and we get the same response then i think we we don't have that mindset of oh i'm just going to do whatever my parents tell me it's not like yeah i'm just going to do whatever my parents tell me and i just I, i'm we would want to question it further and further. I think that's that's the difference. That's why we probably we as like this generation, like me, you, like all of us, that's why we're not that religious in terms of like previous generations. I think I think that, that that's why. And just to clear up for our listeners, you were all born in Nepal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you all moved here at a very young age. Mm. I think we we're similar mm-hmm. ages. I was seven, but then was like ten and so do you feel like when you was back home you were more practicing in comparison to when you came here it was just that there were more opportunities to get stuck in and just like it just made more sense for example there are certain uh, rituals or like certain um, customs in hinduism that is it's very very hard to follow here uh, so for example like not eating salt or like you know you, when you go out like there's a culture of eating out in the UK what well, that doesn't necessarily exist in Nepal you can't just eat homemade meals so you can kind of do that you can get away with that but the fact that you have to like it's really hard to find food without salt like um, <laughs> or, or 
or they or they say someone passes away, you have to go to like a gathering and it lasts like 13 days. If someone if a close member passes away, like you won't be able to get that day those days off from your work. Well, in the part there'd be more understanding. So let's say like your like your great uncle or something passed away, you can kind of get a day off work or something, go visit, you know, follow those customs, follow those rituals. So it's just it's just easy to do. Uh while like once you're here, you don't have the opportunity or like that opportunity kind of starts fading away and and at the end of the day, um, our parents would, would have to prioritize, you know, working and having a stable income, stable house. Uh, they kind of prioritize that, I guess, over uh, prioritizing following their religion to the T. So, and also, following it the same way as Nepal. As like Nepalese that we came like to this country, I think we're very new. Like, like comparing ourselves to like Indian Hindus who've been here since what, like the, like the 70s, the 80s? We like the big the big wave of Nepalese people came like early two thousands, right? And like we still need to establish, we still haven't like properly established our, ourselves in like in the UK like um, environment, let's say, because like the Indian Indian cultures they've got their like big temples, they've got their their, their, their everyone knows of like Indian culture, right? Everyone knows like, that they have these sorts of gods, they have this. While our like Indian Hindus and, and Nepalese Hindus they're similar we we still have like different practices and different traditions that we have and yeah people not many people know about our our like the things that we do so like when we when we like celebrate Dose and Tiad they don't know that we 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 put like these red like we put like tikka on our heads which is like it, with tikka is basically um how do you how do you explain how do you explain what tikka is it's, it's like, like, um, like red powder yeah red yeah. powder that we it's put like on blessing. our heads not to be disrespectful, and, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, we 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 do that, and then it's it's quite uncommon from what you see with like Hindu Hindu Indian Hindus. So I think that there's also a point that we don't have that much establishment as a as Nepalese Hindus in the UK like environment. So I think that that's probably also another reason. Yeah, like Kisha was saying, you know how the whole temple thing was always that's a big point because like say. Even where I live now, there's, a, there's like a big Nepalese community. And then we've only recently opened like a Nepalese temple. Like I said, yeah. recently, like, so like five years ago, you know, like, so it's not like, yeah, like we are, we're not established yet. And then it's like, if you go to like a, you, you can still go to like an Indian Hindu temple. And then it's like, it's like the same thing, like the same gods, the same statues. But obviously because of the way we, we do things and the way they do things a little bit different. So it's a little bit like difficult. So I think that kind of probably puts our parents off. And the fact that they work all these like crazy shifts and it's like, they'll have two days off you know like i don't know like i think in terms of hinduism like if, if my mom mom was in nepal let's say like she'd like pray twice a day like um she'd pray once she wake up wakes up in the morning and then she'd pray like once at, at night and you know like all these like there's opportunities to do that there but then obviously in the uk like she has to wake up at like five to go to work and like uh, do you know what i mean and it's like she comes back home at like night seven eight p.m like sometimes nine p.m so it's just like it doesn't like you don't really get to do all that all that all those things and then like the fact that we don't really have like our own temple let's say it also makes it hard i think i think also that like they they're more like they're, they they want to trying to save money and stuff and obviously that jobs that they do they do do it's not like a, a hype it's like a high paying job so they haven't got like the money to let's say send us to like hindu schools or like you know like all these things yeah. but obviously i think eventually if like while well, we're talking about how we're going to be passing it on to like the next generation like as we establish ourselves in the uk now like, i think so with the Nepalese temple, there's like a Nepalese priest that like stays there all day, you know, like say if I wanted to go, I could go there. And then eventually like people like us who are interested in the culture want to pass it on would like, would like send their kids to, let's say, to all these like different classes, like how Indians have those like, like Gar- I don't know, like Garba school or something. I don't know, they have that, they have those things in it. So it's like, I think eventually, like though we would get those things too, but right now we don't have that. And then, yeah and even in Nepal like, I think especially and the, the other thing is because we're guys as well like it's a little bit more it's a little bit more different and even like in Nepal like guys don't necessarily get to do all these like um puja stuff they, they it's like konya kitty they'll look they'll look for like a, a unmarried girl you know like and all these things and it's like we just we're just there on the sidelines we're just there playing like playing around and fooling around and stuff so I guess that kind of makes it harder as well and then yeah like we don't really have that like because we're guys it's a little bit more difficult also, so you've all grown up in Hindu families. And as you said, back home, it was a bit more easier to practice. When you come over here, it's a little bit less because you're not given the opportunities. 
um, for example, the Hindu temple. I wanted to ask, just out of curiosity, what is the difference between you going to a Hindu temple that is Indian and a Hindu temple that is Nepali? Look, what are the actual differences? Well, like, so, even probably the prayer like, tunes, like they will be singing it in Hindi and we, we, we want to be singing it in Nepalese, you know? Like, okay, prayer tunes. No, you know, but like, but, like there's, actually, barriers, yeah. there's actually big differences. So, for, no, well, no, I'll, no, give, no, I'll yeah. give you one, I'll give you a good example, yeah. So, um, <laughs> So when I went to Nizan Mandir, yeah. So Nizan Mandir is like one of the biggest mandir, like Hindu mandir, and um, it's like a Gujarati mandir, and you know it's, it's a really beautiful, really nice. So when I went there, um, that mandir is kind of dedicated to Swami Narayan, and Swami Narayan yeah. is like, uh, he's not really a god, but he's more he's like, like a, a prof- prophet. Prophet, yeah, prophet, like yeah, like someone who's seen as like a religious leader, and uh, you know that temple is kind of like uh, called Swami Narayan Temple, and um, uh, but then, like, we that's like a Gujarati sort of religious leader. And it just seems awkward when you're, like, a Nepali and you just don't never heard of this guy. And, like, you know, you just don't know about this person. And it's like it's like a, being a um, Catholic Christian and going to, like, a Mormon church. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. It just feels weird. So I'd say uh, that's that's kind of, yeah, that's how you can, I can, I, I can kind of describe it. I like a Catholic person who just never go to, like, a Mormon church, you know. So it's kind of like that. No, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Do you yeah, guys that, feel that's actually a good example, actually. Like a Mormon, like you know, like it's like a like obviously Christianity different. has all these different like yeah. sects and like even Islam, like they were you don't go to like the other one, do you know what I mean? And plus I think we also uh, no 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 but not not to be like but this is the language barrier as well. Yeah, the yeah, language yeah. barrier and also like um the, the gods I think we prioritize like I think we are like more about Siwa and like um like Ali. Ganesh and stuff and all like and then I think with with um I feel like when I went to the even though the the, the Monday near my house here, I think they have like Ram and Sita. So obviously they're 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 like gods too, but they're like I think they're more so like they're humans, like they're gods in like in human form kind of thing. But then like we like say in Nepal, like we have like Shiva Bhagwan and all that. Like, we have all these like different like I think we prioritize different gods too. Do you do you feel like if if there were more Nepali um temples hindu temples and nepali based mandirs you guys would feel stronger in your faith would it make a difference to you guys personally? it'll make yeah, it more think, accessible i think yeah I, think, I, I agree i think for me it was just because like yeah there would be more examples there'll be more role models that are like religious and have like people that i can look up to i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like um associate i'm not gonna look up to like an indian like um religious like person or like a priest or whoever because they, they they can't relate to me they can't relate to my background we have like such different traditions we have such different customs they're not going to understand like what it's like if i go to them for help for like anything they won't be able to relate and i think that's the biggest factor for like getting like kids especially kids into like religion and like getting them involved in it it's like that relatability it's, it's getting them like when you go to like church you 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 talk to your priest because you you want you want them to help you understand your issues right we can't really do that in like our nepalese culture i, I feel like because there's there's not a lot of me, many people you can like go and talk to and like relate to and there's not people there's not there was there's not a lot of people with the same sort of similar background to you so yeah i feel like if um, there was like hindu temples yeah no i think i get i get what you everyone's trying to say and again i think this might be like an unpopular unpopular opinion but i i personally think religion like going to temple mandir is i'd say for me is like probably probably less than 10 percent of you being religious yeah um i I think you, you can you can like if it depends on solely down to you how religious you want to be because personally like um you can literally have like let's say just a scripture or just a statue in your own room that you can like pray to you don't need to have all of this stuff around you of, of this like you like i'm not trying to say like you know you guys are wrong but what i'm trying to say is like i think if you really truly want to be religious and you really truly want to find your faith um, and like a path that you know, enlightens you. I don't think you need all of these accessories that people have created like from hundreds of years down the line to get to that part. It, for, obviously it does make it easier and you feel like you're part of something, but I think that makes it slightly more cultural than religious for, in my point of view. Um, and I think 
if you really want to be religious, like I said, you can literally just have like like one or two statues if you want, or even just you know like in terms of Hinduism, like a Gita um, in front of you that you can just pray to and read. Because I know a couple of my friends who are really religious um, that would, you know, they they're, they're not even in the UK and they they're, they're so religious they would literally just not that they didn't go to church in that country but they would just you know read the bible every day um and and that they, they can pass on that religion um, you know to their to their kids just just by doing that as well so i think saying that we don't have this monday or we don't we don't no, have like the no i, I know we're trying to say it would make it easier but i, I do think like at the, at the end of it, it is down to you how religious you want to be and all of these these things do help but like i said going to monday going to temple or having like a like a society around you that follows religion is like for me le- less than 10 percent of you being religious because you could do daily things that would make you more religious than to to be doing these things i don't want to ramble on but yeah you get my point no i do uh-huh. you know what? i do agree with you because i'm just thinking from my perspective during lockdown, I couldn't go Godwana. Like, it was shut, right? Because the social distancing and lockdown, you can't even go out of your house anyway. So I've always said that religion just starts at home. Like, what are you doing in your daily life to try and practice your faith? So for me, it's practicing Sikhi. So it's making sure that I do do my part, as in pray, and I do do things at home actively to practice Sikhi. Like you said, going to the Godwara is, is a big deal, right? Going to any temple is a big deal. You should do it. You should make an active effort to do it. But if you're not practicing outside of a mandir or outside of a godwara, are you are you practicing your faith? That's another question. Like, is it is your faith actually strong? Are you just doing it because you go? Because like like I said in your podcast that we recorded, which we'll speak about later, I when I was a kid, I used to go to the godwara because my mum was going. So you just go because you're a kid and that's where you meant to go, and you have a day out and you eat longer and what a mandir, you you know you go and you listen. But how much have you actually taken in? Because if you're not making an active effort to practice what you're learning at a godwara at home are you are you practicing your faith or i don't necessarily agree with that you know because i was thinking like you know when you said oh you go as you go there as a kid so it's like it it kind of like um still makes that foundation there like do you know what i mean like it's like you see your mom do it and like you you think okay what like when you go so many times and it's gonna eventually stick at one point do you know what i mean like if you go 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 it's gonna stick at one point but if you just don't do it at home because like i said again like our parents are so busy so my mom will just pray twice a day on the days that she's off or like you know like so and then again like she's busy doing other things so she doesn't even bother like say telling me oh like this is what i'm doing this world i need to do da, da, da. like i just get told what to do and then like when i was in nepal like back in 2017 i, I was there for like a puja and then like i kind of like when, when I, I had to sit there and listen and then like when you listen to these things obviously because a lot of it is in um it's not even in, in hindi or nepali it's like what's the language um Sanskrit, Sanskrit. 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 Yeah, yeah. So obviously, um, once they they will say it in Sanskrit, and they'll translate it back to Nepali, and then they'll be like, "Oh, this is what it means." And then when it's to say it as a story, then like, it kind of like um, you understand it a bit more, and then you you like obviously think, "Okay, okay, this is why this is happening. This is why this is happening." And then you kind of like it kind of sticks. And even as a kid, like I said, like in our podcast, like in that one, I said, "Oh, um, as a kid, I used to watch all these um shows about Krishna and and all these things, and that that kind of like." Um, gives you a little foundation, do you know what I mean? So going to like a temple, like having a temple to go to, I think, although like, yeah, it's like no matter, if you, if you don't really don't want to have, have, be religious at all, like no matter how many times you go to like a temple, you're going to like not accept it. But then event, but then the thing is, if you do go a lot and then if you have the foundation, then obviously at one point you're going to start to go by yourself. I I, I would disagree with Sanzuk and agree with Vilan in this case. Um the temple doesn't just represent like a physical building. You don't need like that physical building in a sense, but it's more like the community that's important. If you think yeah. about it, yeah, like what has necessarily changed when we came from Nepal to here is that community surrounding, you know, at the end of the day, like we were, we, if we were in Nepal 100%, we'd be more religious than we, like we're here now. And the, the main thing that has changed is the community. And even like Simran, when I asked you, uh, for example, what, what is your... Uh, childhood memory like you know most um, memorable, child, memorable childhood memory yeah. you mentioned the Gurdwara and like you going there in a festival and like so that aspect of community makes it memorable that, that's what makes it pivotal that's what make, creates that in, it creates <laughs> that inspiration in you to I guess uh, follow your faith you know those childhood memories are the things that kind of push you towards that, that, is, yeah. that those are the things that make you want to wake up at 6am in the morning and make you want to pray you know <laughs> 
adding on to that as well you know how like as kids i think my memory like say um i don't know if bishops were like i was there or like but i just remember like in our village like we used, there used to be like a mandir and then for dosai like so we obviously it's quite um brutal but then we used to cut like a goat and then i remember like just going because everyone used to go to this like to this mandir and like watch the goat being cut like being sacrificed and it's kind of like gory you know, when you think about it but i'm saying like that was the, that was just it, was, it was it was like it was a, it was a popping <laughs> place like you'd want to go because everyone in your community was going like every young person was going like all the old people were going there like just for this like, and then you pray at the start and then obviously eventually you you get to the cut and the goat and obviously as kids you probably are there for the like let's say because everyone's there but that still sticks with you do you know what i mean like it's still a memory that i still have and then like and that, that's what i mean like the bishop saying uh, about how it provides you with the community it's like if everyone in the community is doing it like obviously we are like um but as humans in it like we're bound by nature like, it's like we, if everyone's doing it like if, although no matter how much you're gonna be like oh yeah i'm different like you if everyone's doing it you're gonna like eventually start doing it too and then it's like you so if your whole community is going like you'd go and then like so it does kind of um help a little bit so it gives you that little uh, that's what i'm saying like like yeah, yeah that, i think I was just going to say, like, as like, even so you were saying, what was the difference between Nepalese Hindus and, and Indian Hindus? One major thing is we don't have like a big, like, we don't go to the temple that often. Like, we don't go like every, like, we don't make it like a, like a habit. Like, even in Nepal, I don't, I don't think. Like, we, we, we don't like, we, we'd only go for like, like, like um, religious events, right? We wouldn't go yeah. just like every week, every like, no, no one goes just, just like that. So I think, but even even when we do have the we have like religious like stuff going on like like a lot though we have like there's like small little things we go for and we go to like Monday or temple to puja to do puja and then because we don't have that here I feel like we're not seeing like uh, even especially when we're kids we're not in that in that environment as much because we're doing it at home like our parents they don't know all the rituals they don't know all the 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 we don't have all the stuff that all the preparations that we do when we would be in Nepal right like right just recently now like my dad's like um been able to get like an actual Nepalese priest to our homes to do like um like um like death anniversary stuff when 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 we have when we have like deaths in our families and it's the anniversary we would go usually go to the temple and like do like um rituals and do these these pujas but now because uh, a priest is like accessible and the priest, priest he comes in our house and he does all this stuff like i don't understand it personally me like i don't mm. get w- what's going on because because there was that like gap gap in between my 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 life where there wasn't much of this going on and i feel like if that was in my life growing up if that was if i was around that sort of environment more i feel like yeah, I would have. I would wanted. I would have wanted to, as a kid, like been like, oh, what is this about? Maybe I could have done my own research. I'm not saying I can't do it now. Like that's on that's on me to do my own research. And like, if I am curious, then I should do that. But I feel like when I was a kid, I feel like that would have helped in a, in a way. So I don't think, I think it, it's like ten percent. You're right, Sandra, when you say it it's it should be up to you. But I don't think it's you. you you're right when you say it's ten percent. I think. It was. Uh, I think we're not trying to attack. No, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to attack it. It's just I'm because just... I have a different opinion to you guys. So obviously, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I just say something? I think all of this comes down to the way, like, religion is so personal, and it's the way you define religion within yourself. Because you can say religion in terms of as a society we should be this religious, and as a society we should move forward in terms of religion. But you can also look at it in terms of, yeah, there is some, you know, failures of society and it's not even failures. It's just the society hasn't caught up to what you yeah. want it to be as like, like, like we said, the Nepalese culture, Nepalese religion hasn't caught up how you want it to be as in the UK. We get that. But and, and that obviously it helps a lot and it, and it affects a lot of people being religious. Yeah. But I, I still stand by the, the, the statement that if you are truly <laughs> religious, you you will find a way to be religious or you will find a way to practice your religion. You will find a way to um, get that warmth, get that, you know, that feeling of what religion may create within you rather than, I don't know, rather than try to like seek it from elsewhere. I don't know how to explain yeah. it properly. No, um, from, from all of your answers, from all of your answers, I'm kind of getting the gist that 
we are now talking about how it is no longer just the temple and going to the temple, going to this religious place, whether it's a god or a church, a, a mandir, wherever it is. It's no longer just that. It's the people inside. It's your community. It's your sangat, which is what we call it. So could we then argue that if we're not surrounded by the right people to, to begin with, that could be the base of why there's a disconnect between this generation and their faith because you can go to a godwara you can go to a mandir you can go to a church but what i'm getting at is that if the people there are not right and you're not learning from these people going to a religious place is most pointless especially if you're not willing to accept and learn about the religious place for example a lot of our godwara are built by our guru sahibs especially the ones back home in punjab and in pakistan uh, Punjab as well and you can go to those Godwara you could try and learn as much as you can but if you don't have the people there that are going to try and teach you about what this Godwara is and why it stands here why our Guru Sahib had created this Godwara why it's mm. still here and standing you, you're not going to learn anything at a Godwara per se or at a Mandir for example Yeah that's, that's why I made the point earlier about relatability and I feel like that's really important as especially when you're when you're growing up and trying to like like look at religion and like understand it a bit better when you're introduced to that sort of stuff like as i said before if you go to like a hindu temple or something you're not going to be met with the same sort of like um like welcomeness as you would like a nepalese temple you're not going to be met with the same sort of like understanding you're not going to be met with the same sort of thing like if you, if they if you try and take what the indian hindus if you try and take that home with at home in 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 a police household, I feel like there'll be a bit of clash, and then you just get two separate like you get like a mixture of like a uh, mixture of both information, and and I don't think that's very like I don't think that's that that makes it better to accept religion, especially from like a young growing mind where they're just trying to get like taking as much information as possible. Mm, like uh, also. When you do want to go, when you do go to these places, uh, uh, what is important is again, like as Kishore mentioned, I just want to expand on that is the fact that um, you need to be able to like be feel like you're part of that community, and yeah. if, if in your inner sense you don't necessarily feel part of this like temple community or like this Gurdwara community, then it's very difficult. Um, and uh, I guess like as as and someone who's from Nepal, I would struggle to feel. Like I wouldn't identify myself as part of a community, let's say like a like the Nizam Mandir community. I would just really struggle. And if I can't accept that, then it doesn't really mean much to me. Like the community wouldn't mean much to me. So it wouldn't like entice me to go like, or, or like, yeah. So um, I guess what also makes someone really close to their religion is uh, if the community, if they are given a purpose within the community as well. So let's say like your all your friends go to this temple like every Sunday or like every every Friday, it makes it more likely that you're gonna go as well. So when you have that community around you and that's like quite supportive within, supportive in you following the religion, then you're more likely to do it as well. So we've spoken about how the the people around us can impact this disconnect, and how temples can impact this disconnect. Is there anything that you guys feel? Being in the UK now is also problematic when trying to practice your religion. The most obvious ones that I can point out is alcohol. Um, that being, you know, the first thing that I can think of. Obviously, when it comes to trying to practice your religion, drinking is not exactly yeah. something that is accepted, whether that be in the Hindu faith or the Sikh faith. So do we feel like things like that, which when you say it out loud, it seems tiny. Do you feel like those sort of things also impact someone's religious beliefs? I feel like it's because, like, don't get me wrong, like the alcohol and that sort of stuff. But that sort that sort of stuff exists in Nepal as well, and I feel like that was already there. People that are like they say that they're religious will will still do these things. They'll still drink. They'll still smoke. They'll still do like they'll still sin basically. And I feel like because because there's that, I feel like our parents would would still like they weren't well, my parents when we came into the country, they weren't that deeply religious where they were they would still drink and smoke and they would eat meat. You're not supposed to eat meat, you're not supposed to you're supposed to be a vegetarian. You know, they they still I think 
it's it's I don't think that sort of thing is um stopping like religion happening because you can still be like you can still call yourself a Hindu you can still like beef like have faith in you but while still like doing all these bad things like doing like what sinning basically you can still appreciate the fact that oh you can still call yourself a practicing Hindu or like um a Christian or whatever but I feel like it's trying to assimilate two cultures together I feel like you're, we come from the Nepalese like religious background, the Nepalese culture, and, and when we move to the the British UK culture, and we start like like showing our culture off, like the 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 British people people are just going to find that odd. They're gonna they're they're not gonna like it that much, and we we experience a lot of stuff like that. And as I'm sure you have similar as well, where we've seen like how how hard it is to like assimilate the two cultures, and <clears throat> we, we like. Like we ourselves keep have constantly keep having identity crisis because we don't know who we are in a sense. Are we Nepalese? Are we British? Are we like a mix of both? So I feel like that's that's quite, that's that's the main reason for me, anyways. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, like I think Hinduism is such a is such a hard culture to like um, embrace. Let's say outside of like a Hindu country, because there's so many like like. It's like we'd have something like Sarshadi Puja, which is like uh, a day where you just like pray to one goddess. And there's like, there's like so many gods in Hinduism and like all of these like gods have their own days. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, if you're like, a, if you're going to be a full on, let's say a practicing like uh, um, Hindu, you know, you're going to have to do all these like pujas, every, like, you know, like for all these gods. But the thing is like, it's just not feasible to do that because there's like so many gods and so many days like in Hinduism. Like, so you wouldn't be able to like get a day off. You wouldn't be able to, like say your family wouldn't be able to celebrate it properly. It would just be like a hush hush. Like, even like, I think up until recently, like my family wasn't even like on dossier and stuff. They would still work in the morning and come back in the evening. And then like, and then we would like do everything else. But in Nepal, it's meant to be at a certain time. You're meant to put the tikka on at the right, like at the right time. Do you know what I mean? And then like, we would never like get, we would always go to school on like on these days as well, like on the days of our festivals. I like, would never, it was, it was like a thing where it's like, we're kind of here, and we're trying to like um, bring that, in, that's like kind of a part of our life, but we just, we're like prioritizing everything else that we like in, in terms of like my mom and dad going to work, me going to school, like, you know, like, so I think that is, that's what I'm saying, like our families, because we did move to this country and it's like, we, we came in for a better life. So they're, they're busy working. They're trying to get us to get educated. So it's like, that it wouldn't work like that. And then it's like, so, there's so many days that even if you wanted to, you won't be able to celebrate all of these things. And it's like, you won't be able to do all these, like, so that's, that's like one of the biggest hindrance so it's like and then the employers here no matter how understanding they're going to be they're not going to give you like say 80 days off you know like bank holidays or 80 days for like to celebrate these like things so that's what makes it hard like in terms of like alcohol and stuff like yeah that's true like it's but the thing is it's it's in the power too like it doesn't mean anything and then like plus muslims that live in the uk that are like like they say practicing muslims they don't drink even if they're, they're surrounded by alcohol you know like say like so it's not it's not really like a like that it's like just the fact there's so many different days and it's such a hard religion to like embrace because you'd have to if you're going to embrace one thing and have to do all of these things and it's like you know it's, it's quite difficult as a hindu yeah, do you I feel don't... like at one point it would have been created with all of this in mind though because bear in mind obviously hinduism originated in south asia but do you not think the Lord or God or the higher being would have had in mind that actually the faith is going to end up moving across the globe and one day everything's going to change and eventually certain countries are not going to have Hinduism as their base faith for example Christianity is um, heavily practiced here um, and so is Islam so to appoint them to and I still think Islam could be um, understood a lot more in the UK than it is already but those two religious faiths are practiced heavily here so there's a lot more understanding towards them whereas like maybe in a couple of years time Hinduism and Sikhi will also be practiced a lot more here so it will be understood as well but do you not think the Lord had in mind that one day it's going to be practiced in the UK and there's going to be you know a moment where people can't take days off so do you feel like there's still the yeah. ability for them to for people to practice hinduism despite not being able to take these days off yeah exactly i think that's the main thing i think the main thing is like adaptability because obviously you can't change your lifestyle to become 
like what you could be like in Nepal or like, you know, in, in your own country where you can practice your religion fully as how you would like. But I, I definitely do think you can adapt it in a way that you're still fulfilling your your religious beliefs and you're still carrying on with your religious beliefs, even though it may not be like, like, you know, in terms of what you do may not be exactly the same, but you're still like fulfilling it. For example, um, like, like, like one of the stuff that we guys mentioned, like if someone was to pass away, we wouldn't have to eat, you know, salt for 13 days or like, you know, we have, we have to literally pray for 13 days. Obviously we can't do that here, but we would want to do it as long as we can. Or like, you know, four or five days, six, seven days, as long as we can, as the best as we can to the point where like you can't give any more for the religion. And I think as if you have done that, I think truly like, you know, God or the higher up would be happy with you and you would get that satisfaction out of it. You would learn what you can out of that. You know what I'm trying to say? So I think there is set rules that we say, but we can, we can adapt it in a way as well. And I think it adds to the fact that like, we, we shouldn't ever try to like quantify like how good religious you are. Like, like yeah. for example, if you can't do one or two things doesn't mean you shouldn't do the other things. So for example, like speaking for myself, like, like everyone knows that like, I drink, like I, I go out, I'll do that. But that's something maybe I'll change, you know, in 10 years, 20 years time, as I get older, as I'm more willing to like adapt that into my lifestyle. But that doesn't mean I can't do the other stuff that, you know, like go to temple, pray, pray in certain days, you know, that kind of thing as much as I can, because if I feel the satisfaction within that, I feel I still feel like you're still being religious. You still have these values that you that you adhere to, but you just have to obviously forgive, ask for forgiveness every time you do these things, because you no know, one's perfect at the end of the day. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, but you have to try your best to adapt as much as you can. And like I said, like, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, maybe I will quit drinking or maybe I quit, will quit, you know, I will be a vegetarian. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I think it does come down to a lot of that. And like even from like my my experience, like my granddad was he's like really religious now, and he he used to eat meat when he was in his twenties and thirties, but then he quit that. Um, so it does change. You do you do adapt it, but I think the main thing is like you have, you do your best to fulfill your religious beliefs as much as you can. I agree with what Sandrick's saying there about like obviously adapting and like just because you can't do certain things doesn't mean you have, you don't have to do the whole thing. But to answer Simran's question, though, like, I don't think Hinduism. Like, I don't know. Basically, especially so, I, don't, I think this is a yeah. religious thing, but then obviously it became like a culture thing as well. But in the past, say when someone passes away, you're not meant to leave your house. You're not meant to go out for like a whole year. You're not meant, you're meant to wear like white, white clothes, clothes, the whole, like the whole, like so your whole outfit has to be white. Like, you know, like from head to toe um, for the whole year as well. So it's like, you can't really like bring that here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you can't really do that. It's like when you're eating, like you take your belt off, like, oh, you're not meant to wear leather, like leather belts or like leather shoes. Like, you know, like it's, it's just, there's a lot of things like in Hinduism that I think it is hard to adapt. Like it's like obviously you can you can be like yeah you know what I'm gonna go out, but then you're not really following it to the T. Do you know what I mean? So you don't have to. But what I'm trying to say is it is quite. If you wanna following if you wanna follow it to the T, it is really difficult in terms of Hinduism. Or I think it might be a culture thing with the whole like the white um, all white dress. But I think it has probably originated from some like from a religious point of view. And then it's like you can't really do that. And it's like you know what I mean. You're not even meant to eat like or drink outside of your house. You're, meant, you're not even meant to get water. Like you can't, so you can't even have mineral water. You know, you can't even go to the shop and buy water. But it, it's not feasible, isn't it? So, so it, I to answer your question, no, I don't think you can. Like, so when when like the Hinduism was made, it, it wasn't thought of it like, oh, it's gonna go out of this country. It was just gonna be like, oh, it, it is easy in Nepal. Obviously, in Nepal, you, you can just choose not to go out. You cannot. People like just work from like you know like. And my granddad yeah. did that, you know, like the whole white thing. But in the UK, how are you going to do that? You know, like you have to go to school, you have to go to work as a uniform. But uh, the yeah, thing in Nepal is that like everyone was a farmer, like everyone was in agriculture. Like yeah. in those days, everyone's a farmer. No one had a job, like you just worked on your farm. So, yeah, you could wear white and go to your farm and work. Like, boy, when there's a certain dress code, like, let's say you work as a uh, I don't know. Let's like for example, I'll be working as a doctor from next day, so I can't just uh, roll up in my white like and traditional clothes. So you know, it's just, it's just a bit like it's pretty much really hard to. But then again, as something said, it's about adaptability as well. But with Hinduism, this is the thing: a lot of it is is hard to differentiate between what is actually religious and what is actually like just the cultural aspect of that country and how that country perceives the Hinduism. So. It's, it's quite hard to distinguish that because Hindu Hindu philosophy and Hindu cultural practices 
are two different things, I'd say. And uh, often the, the philosophical aspects of Hinduism just gets lost. And what's been passed down in generation and generation is just like the cultural and rituals uh, that people kind of perceive. Or like, And then things just get added on. So it might not necessarily even be in the scripture or like not necessarily even be of the traditional, like, you know, the actual how it started off. But then things just get added on. Like people might interpret it like this. And like someone might say, oh, you know, you know, like you're meant to do this. So, and then it just becomes like, people just practice different things even in Nepal like people just end up practicing different things so Hinduism is just a bit weird in a sense because there's no like that one scripture with all the rituals and like one scripture telling you to do this do that uh, but yeah, the philosophical think, thought of Hinduism yeah. is also it's more of a guidance rather than a rule so I guess it's like if you're yeah, yeah. It's just so that's one another thing as well I, I think I think it has gone easier though like nowadays because people are like too um as Sandra said is uh, to, it's about adapting and I think it has gone easier to adapt because more people are being aware oh there's there's more religions out there there's, we need to like respect all of them we need to like take into like take into care that people have their own religious beliefs and that they're important to them and I think people have gotten like especially like people in the UK they've gotten more like aware of like different types of religions and and i think people have gotten more accepting of the fact that oh this this person's uh, it's a religious day for them Let, let's give them a day off or because there's like there's like even like bereavement days yeah it's only like what 10 20 like 10 what five days but as, as sandra said you you have to make the best of what you've got you've got a, and that doesn't necessarily make you like a bad hindu that doesn't it's just yeah, I think I agree with Sandra when he said when he says it's about how how Hindu you feel in it. So you can pick yeah, and choose yeah, all the ones that you want exactly. to do. It's like my Muslim friends would be like they would eat a Haribo and I'll be like, oh, that's got gelatin in it. But they'd be like, oh, I don't know. But I don't know if it's pork or beef, and I'm gonna think it's beef gelatin. You know, like so it's like it's like that. It's like so it's like you can pick and choose, and like it's about how you feel. So if I say yeah. say for me, say like say what the whole white cloth thing, like I couldn't do that. So I told myself it's not feasible, so I can't do this. So let's say. And then, and then that made that kind of got me through it, kind of thing. So it's it's about how Hindu you feel. But I still felt Hindu. I still felt I was doing all these rituals correctly. But it's like, and even like, yeah. So do you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's about how how it makes you feel, and it's like how you tell yourself, okay, I can't really do this, but I'm doing the best I can. And I think if you you, you that you can still be Hindu that way, innit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm just gonna say something about what Bishop raised about like how the like the, the differences between like how Hindus being passed down as a culture versus religion. And like, I think that is, and like the problem that we're having right now is because of that. The problem that we're having is like, literally we don't know exactly what we're meant to do. Like what is actually part yeah. of the religion or what is actually part of the culture. If there was like a fine line of like, you know, do this, 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 this now, you know, incorporate that into your life. That's the religious part. Then you, I think it would be a lot easier as well. Um, and also it's, it does come down to the education that we got and the education that our parents got, the education that our grandparents got. And because that has not been like, you know, so straightforward and there's not been like a, like, like I said, like, uh, like you guys mentioned before, like a Bible and a Quran, um, like similar to that, like how that hasn't, like we haven't, we haven't, we don't have that, that we can follow. It's made us like so ambiguous as to what we should actually be following. And it just made us feel like, you know, yeah like it's so wishy-washy like some people can do this some people can't do that you know so i think yeah the education is the main thing for us um as to why we're not as re religious i'd say but i mean for me anyway for as to why i'm not as religious as i would like to be even because i'm I, even i doubt myself like saying like all right so if i do this is this part of religion or is this like what just mom and dad want me to do you know what i mean so i think it, it does come down to like our own education i guess i think that was kind of what i wanted us to get to which is why I asked originally what is the difference between culture and faith because I feel like the issue stands at people not being able to understand or differentiate between culture and faith and that ends up being the reason why people find it difficult to practice their faith for example the wearing of the white clothes um I might be wrong because I don't know but I feel like that might be a cultural thing it could have uh, links to Hinduism but I know that in India when anyone passes away a lot of people wear white uh, whether you're Hindu or not um, so maybe it's a matter of the fact that that is cultural and because we feel like it's faith because we haven't been told any different we feel like we're not practicing enough um, 
an example in Sikki that I can think of right now. It's something that I've spoken about before as well. Because we feel like we're not following one thing in our religion, we feel like we can't follow everything else. So a lot of women struggle because we as Sikhs have to keep our our guess, which is our hair. And I spoke about this in your podcast as well. And I recently spoke to a couple of girls who were telling me that they felt like they weren't religious. And I hate using the term, but they felt like they weren't practicing enough and they weren't religious enough because they cut their hair. And so they felt like they can't pray because they were cutting their hair. And that, again, is another reason why there's a disconnect. And that's because culturally, we are told that if you're doing something wrong, and that can be one thing wrong you shouldn't be able to do anything else that's that's not what faith teaches that's not what our guru sahibs have passed down you know our guru sahibs have told us do as much as you can and eventually you know sikki will find you you just need to keep going at it you know keep practicing but culturally we're told if you're doing one thing wrong then you you shouldn't be following anything and you're not religious enough and you're not there with it yet so yeah that was literally what I wanted to hear and we got there I don't know how long this podcast is going to be but um I'm so happy and glad that you guys came and joined me today we did film another podcast on your channel um I'll put your channel and your links top line in description don't worry (laughs) and then the other one will follow under that um but I want to end with one last question and that is what do you think we can do actively to solve the disconnect and stop there being a disconnect between this generation and their faith? Um, so I, I was kind of thinking, like, well, how would I, like, what would kind of encourage me to kind of have a stronger faith in Hinduism? I guess, like, I, if someone I could relate to, let's say if they had a YouTube channel or something like an inform, informa- information sort of video, just explaining what is fully, like, the what is like help me separate out okay so this is the cultural aspect of hinduism and especially if it's like a, if it's like a nepalese person that that would i guess uh who who kind of understands like the perspective i'm in as well and kind of is able to help help me separate out okay this is the cultural aspect and this is more of the religious aspect so basically kind of what you're doing Simon, for uh Sikhism, i guess where you're having that discussion about faith and you're talking to people about you know uh, just because you're not following one thing doesn't doesn't mean you, you don't have to follow the other aspects of religion or this might this could be like a cultural thing and this could be like a faith thing so just just someone who is Nepalese who's able to clarify that for me I guess would really uh, encourage me to look more into my faith as well having this discussion as well like, it's like we never really speak about religion as much like say even when we're like hanging out us well let's say but then say having these conversations and having these topics as well like a podcast let's say then people can come and listen to it and see how we practice it or like how it, like every as in we're, we're always at the end of the day like no matter how what i say like i have a lot of hindu a lot of my characteristics are like based on like my religion and say so like oh, i might not be practicing it fully but then it's like i have been shaped by a little bit so it's like so i think accepting that and then obviously having these conversations and then i think especially in the future generation i think definitely like a thing where it's like um not just passing on the religion or passing on the culture as well because i feel like um, a lot of the kids from like nepal and all that, that have been born here they can't really speak nepalese like i myself can't really read i can read nepalese but it takes me like an hour to read like a little paragraph you know like so it's like maybe go sending like the future generation to like nepali school or like or hindu school like ne- hindu nepali school you know like i think that would help um definitely and then but like the way just the way muslims would have like like islam like school on like sundays or saturdays you know like i think that definitely but and we probably will get there eventually because i i think it is a problem in fact in in terms of like nepalese culture like it might die out if we don't take steps in it so we might have to do that in the future so i think that like sending them to school because when you're like a baby that's like or when you're like young that's where you can set the foundation and like that's that's what makes you who you are like the same way us for like quite proud to be nepalese and we are like quite close to our culture because most of us kind of like are like base like foundation is we grew up in Nepal you know like and then even here like I went to I came to like a area dominated with Nepalese people and so did like these guys they're saying and then it, it kind of like kept us in that in that circle but then obviously if we don't do that for our own children in the future it's gonna probably die out so yeah 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 I, I agree with Bidan where at the end of the day, it comes to education it comes to awareness like with I say this for like most problems and like even like questions 
that we ask ourselves in the podcast like what can we do about this what can we what what what's the solution here and i always say it's education it's bringing more awareness about religion and about like making like for me personally if i have a question i want if I have a question about religion, I want someone to give me like a clear, concise answer that I'm like, it's, it's, it's like, it's manageable for me and I can understand, understand it. I'm not saying there has to be like, I'm that's just saying, I feel like that's how we could like, sort of like solve this issue of like fading the, especially in the police community, fading religion is by education, by getting more people aware of what the difference between the Nepalese culture and the Nepalese religion and why we do all these rituals. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? What's the reasoning behind it? What's what's the story behind it? Like it, it's doing that. And I feel like because we we weren't uh, taught a lot of that as, as a child, because in like RE, we, we had Hinduism, but we only had like what uh, some like a few, two, three proverbs that we had to learn. And that was it. It was mostly Christianity and Islam. And it was mostly Christianity, not even that much of Islam, but yeah, I think if you had like the foundation of Hinduism, it doesn't even have to be like Nepalese Hinduism, even like a more like just general Hinduism, I feel like it could have it could have improved it. And I feel like, yeah, if that keeps happening and and and, and we if that keeps happening and and the, the cycle will slowly, I think, will will continue again where we pass it down from generation to generation. Yeah. I think there's not much more that I can really add to what you guys have said. But um, it's it's literally yeah, just understanding the fundamentals of the religion that you believe, and I think once you like have understand literally what the religion means, you're able to educate others, um, and you're able to educate your family, you educate your you know sons and daughters, and that's the main way that we can pass it down because I think somewhere along the lines it has been lost um, the actual true meaning of religion, especially within the Nepalese community, I believe, um, and if we can you know, educate, like, like, like Bishop said, like, if you have, like, actual clear rules and guidance that we can, that what we should follow, what we could follow, it'll make it a lot clearer for ourselves, and, you know, because, let's be honest, like, before, like, people didn't really ask, or, you know, question why we do things, where we do things, and now, obviously, our generation, and our future generations, they want to know reasons of why they're doing that, or else they won't follow it, um, and until we get these reasons, um, it makes it very hard to, you know, pass on the religion to different generations. So I think having, like, you know, people like you, like Simran, like you have it for Sikhism, having maybe we need one of those for <laughs> for the, for Hinduism, um, you know, in the UK that we can relate to, and having that as like a, you know, like a, someone that you can inspire towards would be very helpful for us. I think. Okay, thanks, guys. As always, forgive us if we said anything wrong. That wasn't our intention, but we hope you enjoyed listening. And yeah, thanks, guys, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Make sure you go check us out into the square. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs>